What is up? What is up? What is up? Everyone, everyone, everyone. It is another day, another time, and another week for a word from the web podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, when I tell y'all I have a powerhouse up in the building with me on today, trust and believe me, I have a powerhouse. The theme for this podcast until further notice is a boss mindset. And this woman of God is definitely a boss in so many levels. So I want you to share, like, tag, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Because after the theme song plays, the next voice you will hear is Miss, my sister, Pastor Samantha. Let's go. What is up, sis? How are you doing? Hey, how are you? How are you? Today's been a good day. How are yeah. you? I am well. I am well. Look, y'all, if y'all don't know, I wish y'all could have seen the pre-show. I'm just call it the pre-show <laughs> because literally we sat in that pre-show and probably talked for a good 20 minutes. Yeah. So, like, look, we already have that vibe where it's like, I already knew her because we've been in certain spaces together and mutual friends. But after the day, like, I can officially call her my big sis. So, yes, you can. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, we're going to get started with this interview, sis. Yes. So, when I say kingdom boss mindset, what comes to your mind? What's the first oh. thing that comes to your mind? Well, when you think about a boss, that's someone that actually inspires someone in their surround people in their surroundings of how to be a better version of themselves. So when you put kingdom and mindset in like in front and in back of that, Matthew six thirty three says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. His righteousness is His way of doing things, and everything else will be added." So when you think about that, and think about being a boss and having that mindset, you're saying that I know who I am, but when I put God first, when I add Him and everything else, and keep that mindset of if I ask for anything, if I ask Him first, how to do this. How do I do that? Because mind you, you know, we have to, we, if, if we can do things on our own, we don't need God. Mm. But when we add the kingdom of God and his way of doing things, then we're asking him how to strategize the plan. We're asking him how to put this together. We're asking him even when it comes to relationships, when it comes to friendships, down to every detail of our life, we're making him Lord over all. And for me to have that mindset, kingdom 
false mindset is saying it doesn't matter what I do. It don't matter where I go or how far I go. I will always keep him Lord over all that spirit, soul, and body. Yeah. Okay. And as I said, y'all can clearly see now just from that answer why I call her my big sis. Like that was on point. That was on point. So next question, how did you get started writing? Oh, wow. Um, I was, I was always journaling and I wrote poetry when I was younger. My mom passed away when I was 13 years old. And for me not having an outlet, cause at that point, you know, I knew I was gifted, but I didn't know how to put anything together. So I would write to express my feelings. Cause for me, nobody understood where I was going. You know, they would say, Oh, do this. Or, Oh, like when my mom passed away, I wanted to go to the movies because everybody else was going. And for me, that was my way of, you know, clearing my mind. But my grandmother and her best friend was like, I don't think Sam should go. So Sam, you stay here with us, but y'all here talking all sad sorts. And Oh, I remember. So for no. me, I had to take a pen and a piece of paper because back then I wasn't using a computer or a typewriter and just journal, write my feelings, good, bad, and ugly. I would write them down. And what I didn't understand that I was actually writing a book mm. about life, about struggles, about loss, about pain, not understanding that what I wrote when I was 13 years old, not only ministered to somebody else, but when I go back and I look over that stuff, it ministered to me at the age I am now. Man. So it's kind of, it kind of goes back to where Joseph went through so much in his life to where he didn't even understand why he was going through it. Right. But then when he finally got what it was, yeah. he looked at his brothers and he said, y'all meant this for bad. Y'all meant this for bad. Y'all meant this to kill me. Right. But God turned it around for my good. Right. God had to send him ahead to preserve. He preserved Joseph. He had to get through that. You know, he had to go through that in order to save his family. We don't always understand why God singled us out, out of the family. And we'd be like, God, why me? Why I have to go through that? Why I have to do this? God, why you can't do it to somebody else? But God singled you out. He preserved you because he understood you was going to be the one. That was going to be the beacon of light for everybody else. Joseph was the one. Even when he went to prison, he had favor. He was interpreting dreams in prison. He was walking in his anointing, even in his darkest place. Because the enemy would love to put us in a place to try to kill us. But what he don't understand, even in the wilderness, God is still there. Come on. Whew. Man, look. Mm. Look. Ooh. Yeah, we. this is going to be... Mm. Yep, it's gonna be one of those interviews. I can already see it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like God, have your way. Have your way. Cause uh, yes, yeah. God. So how did you get started in ministry? And we're gonna combine three and four. How did you get started in ministry? And is it harder for a woman preacher? 
actually, I got started in ministry. Um, my cousin invited me to, I was, I was born in a Baptist church. I was going to church with my grandma, you know, singing in the little angels choir, Deacon Usher board and all, you know, little angels, vacation Bible school. You know, I was going to church. My cousin took me to um, Faith and Power Church and I started attending frequently. How I got into ministry is one day I started dancing. I um I danced with the dance ministry and that's it was like that was God niche of hooking me in. Mm -hmm. You know, from that, you know, I started teaching dance. You know, I had dance ministries under me. You know, it was I will never forget um this guy named Elder Michael Deal. I ministered with him and from ministering with him is like God I tapped into the prophetic dance of how God wanted to use me and dance, not understanding that that was going to be the way that he was going to unlock everything that was on the inside of me. Um, from that, I moved to Pensacola out of God's will. I did. Mm -hmm. Met somebody that wasn't the will of God. My dad would tell this story. I wish I could have pulled her by her hair and said, no. That wasn't who God had for you. But because I want to do what I want to do and how I wanted to do it, I moved outside of the covering of God. One thing about God is when he, when you are marked, and it says it in the word, it, it don't matter where you go. When you are marked. It's going to be known. I went to a ministry and thought nobody knew my name. And the pastor, when we had that first Sunday, he said, I want you to dance. And I ministered and danced. And he was like, you was, you're over all our dance ministries. Let me back up. My mom, my cousin was going to a school up there. Now, when I say mom and dad, my spiritual parents, my mom, biological parents are gone. But my God had placed spiritual parents in my life that Come if on. you look at me, I look like them. And I tell people all the time, I am both them one and the same. But so I call them mom and dad. So when you hear me say mom and dad, I'm talking about my spiritual parents. So okay. their daughter went to a school up in Pensacola. I had moved to Pensacola, got married and, you know, was married to the, you know, just doing my own thing. And God followed me all the way up there as well. And they say, this is where Sam's supposed to be at. Not knowing that when I went there, that's where I was supposed to be. That's it. It was back in 2010. Mm-hmm. 2010, God began to shift my life. One day the pastor was walking in the room. I'm walking through the hallway. He said, Samantha, tell me what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Now, I already knew I had a prophetic mantle over my life, but I wasn't walking in. And if anybody <clears throat> ever said that I am prophet Jojo, I know I'm this baby. All prophets, let me tell you something. We run from the call as much as we want to. We will not tell you who we are, but when we walk, I, just our presence alone will tell you exactly who we are. I don't have to announce to the world who I am. You know what I mean? For when somebody say, "Oh, I'm this and I'm that," baby, you ain't. You, if you, you ain't real with it. You ain't real with it. Understood. <laughs> understand the call. You would yeah. not be running to it. But anyway, God um, allowed that moment to 
shape and mold me. Even when I got divorced and I wanted to come back home, God said, no. It wasn't until my spiritual mother said, it's time for you to come home. When I came home, I was ordained as a minister in 2011, oh, 2012. Actually, July 1st, seven is the number of completion. You know, 2012, 12 is the number of great, I mean, of divine order. Come so on. God put me in that place. And at that moment, July 1, 2012, my whole life shifted. Is it hard being a woman preacher? To me, no. Because you have to be confident in who you are. And who you are, who you are, and where God placed you. You know, God mm. reigns. God says in his word that he will reign and shower down on all of us. You know, so for me, I'm comfortable with who God may be. I try I don't try to fit in or try to be like anybody else. I know I'm not a hooper or a hollower. So, you know, I know I'm more of a I'm a prophet, I'm a prophetic voice. So I know where my flow is. I know where my lane is. And honestly, I just stand in that lane. I try not to be nobody that I'm not. So because of that, I'm able to say, no, it's not. For me, it's not. In the world, being a black woman is much harder than me being a woman of God, you know, standing in front of God's people. I feel I that. Yeah. Because it's funny you said that because uh, one of the things that uh, my former pastor, when I accepted my calling into the ministry and stopped running from it, um, he was older and pretty much on his way into retirement. And mm -hmm. uh, I finally was able to meet with him and talk with him. And one of the last lessons that he taught me before he retired was, he said, son, preach from your own personality and allow God to lead and direct your path. Yep. Now, those first couple of years, I was looking at some of uh, my mentors in the ministry and I was watching how they preached. And I'm like, okay, I got to be like them. I got to mm -hmm. be like them. I got to be like them. And it was like, uh, the more I looked at it, I would say these last couple of years, God finally got it to where I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to just be me. And I'm going to allow God to lead and direct my path. Yep. And once I did that, that's when God was like, okay, you get it now. Let me open up this door for you. Let yep. me open up that door for you. Yep. Because I couldn't open them up until you stopped running from who you were supposed to be. And the amazing thing about God is he will use the moment that we ran from him and make it into a moment to where he's still going to get the glory out of it. He'll get the glory. Because the devil would have loved to use that moment where you had gotten married and you had gotten out of the will of God. The devil would have loved to use that moment. And God was just sitting back and he was like, you know what? Yeah, I know what my daughter's doing. I know it. But devil, you can go on and I'm going to let her do this. I'm going to let her do that. But what she don't realize is she's really going right where I need her to go. It wasn't the time that I wanted her to go. And it wasn't for the reason that I wanted her to go. But guess what? There's still a purpose for her to be in that 
area. Yeah, he made he makes everything works together for our good. <laughs> everything because think about it. I'm well. I'm gonna say this. I am a six time attempt suicide survivor. I haven't met one of me yet. Mm. I haven't met someone that tried to. And I'm not talking about. Um, I can remember one time that I actually took Dilaudid. You know what Dilaudid is? Mm-hmm. Some oxycodone. You know what that is? Yep. Mm -hmm. Crushed them up. Mm. Got some alcohol. Mm. Put them together and drunk the whole thing. Call one of my friends and say, you know, tomorrow can you go by my grandma's house and tell her, you know, just had a whole spill of what I wanted to say. Dropped the alcohol and went to bed, wrote a letter and put it by my bed. My ex-husband came in there and he shook me and he read the letter and I was out of it. Went to the hospital and they pumped all of it. I should have been dead. Gone. But because there was a call on my life, God spared me and he did it again. There was a time where I should have drove my car off the cliff. I went to a meeting and one didn't know that someone already said that there's somebody here that's trying to commit suicide. When I walked in, they snatched my keys. The enemy tried it, but he couldn't triumph. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Mm. My God. My God. He tried. I'm glad. I'm glad that the enemy didn't try on. Because yeah. your story needed to be heard. Yeah. Sis, let me tell you something. You told me when I reached out to you about this podcast. Your exact words to me was, I'm not a boss though. I'm I'm not like I felt like I'm not capable of speaking on this, sis. This story needed to be told. Yeah. This God is knows. why God, this is why God directed me to reach out to you. Yeah. He has strategically placed each and every person that we have booked to come on this podcast around this time. They ain't who I pick. <laughs> God has told me who to go to. And I've just been obedient. And each episode, it just keeps getting better and better and better wow. and better. And I'm like, okay, God, when is this series going to end? God's like, you let me tell you when it's going to end. Right. You just be obedient. Don't put no time limit on what I'm doing. Yep. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. When we're obedient to God, you never know what is around us what is around the corner or what he's doing. But when we're obedient to God, he'll he show me. you. Yeah. Mm. My God. Okay. Uh, you done answered <laughs> one of... Mm. My God, my God, my God. Like, you... Mm. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you after this. I'm going to talk to you after this. So we're about to have a little fun now. Okay. All right. So I'm going to ask you three questions. Okay. Well, I'm gonna ask you five questions. In those five questions that I ask you, you have three options. You can okay. go to a movie, you can write a book about one, 
Okay. You can go to dinner with one. Okay. Or three, you could have one of them play you in a movie. So okay. I'm going to give you three names. And you got to pick which one for each three of those options. Okay. All right. So we're going to go with Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, and Tina Turner. Oh. Tina. I don't... Um, Tina could actually play me in a movie. I could see that. I could see that. Because even with my first marriage, I had... We fought. And... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we don't have some time. <laughs> we don't have some time, Jesus. And, oh, Father God. um, I would go to dinner with Patti LaBelle. She is such a staple and such a role model that I would want to soak up wisdom with her. I feel that. I feel that. You know, like what's she like? 70 and look like she's 42? Come on, 47. But <laughs> I done told you. I done told you about lying on this here podcast. I done listen, told you. I done the, told you. This is this is called preservation, Jesus. And so I guess I will be um Writing a a book, you said a book. Yeah, yep. with Aretha Franklin. You know, um, yes, we will have to write a book because I would want to know. Um, there's some things that I would want to know about her. Her yeah. voices. I watch um Jennifer Hudson play her in the movie Respect. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, Look, okay. Jen mm. Yes, I seen her play Respect, and I was like. Oh, okay. This if that's okay, she she wow. put some respect on her name, right? But Aretha Franklin had a we didn't I didn't know she had a life like that. You know what I mean? And so it was like wow. I like that. I like yeah. that. All right. So next question. All right, we're gonna give you Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts. Uh, let me see. To P. Henson. And we're going to give you Fantasia. Same order? Yep, same order. Well, first of all, I am, um, I think Sarah, Pastor Sarah Jates is a, a new generation um, mogul. So I would love to go to dinner with her. And, right. and, just soak up the wisdom and knowledge and just even share my story with her story and let us just, you know, talk it out because where she at now, if people only knew her story of what she'd been through going up into now, cause she was married before, you know, and just to hear her story is like, wow. And where God has, and it, it, it makes it so important that you are paired up with who God has called you to be. Come on. 
because we want to marry these people and God has has when God don't ordain something he is not obligated to put his hands on anything but when we wait on God and we do it the way he want us to do it and we marry the one that he has ordained from the foundation because one thing we got to understand is that people don't, the person don't complete you. They complement who you are and they help you walk through this thing because marriage is a ministry. So now sometimes we marry somebody because they look good here. But what do God got to say about it? Are we going to go, are we going in the same direction with ministry? Can, what I, can we enhance each other and where we are? Because we, we could go in two separate directions because he looked good. Or she looked good. But what did God say? So you want to tell my story? Oh, oh I know that was your story. Continue. Continue. Go ahead. Let's talk. Let's, let's no, uh, 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 Cause I was at a place, honestly, that I want to, I want to be in no relationship. God, I want to be so hidden in you that He has to go through you to find me. I put my, oh, the keys of my heart because I love hard. I love with everything that I got. So now I had to put the keys of who I am. He knows me. He knows his daughter. So I had to put my whole heart and the keys to my heart in his hand and say, God, whoever you deem worthy, you give them the keys to my heart. Because if I give it to him, I'm going to mess it up. So I need to be so hidden in you that when he sees me, when he see me, because I can't see him, he got to see me first. So when he see me, we know. I want to be so hidden that when I wake up in the morning, the enemy going to be like, oh my God, she don't pray. She don't bend. I need to get to her. But he going to be like, the enemy going to say, wait, I can't get to her because she married to him. That's the type of man that I, we got to be so connected. Because even with the man being the man of the house, he can't he can't be the man if the woman won't be the neck. We got to be the cheerleader. We got to pray. And we take submission as he putting his feet on the no, we gotta submit to God. It's God, him, then me. We get the order messed up. I'm done with you tonight. I'm done with you tonight. Because wow. Mm. Come on. Well, it has Come to be order. Flow. Flow. So I had to get to a place. God, hide my heart. Let me keep doing what I'm doing in you. Let me just keep working in ministry. Keep working on myself because there is no such thing as 50-50. 50% -50. 50 
both of us have to be 100 whole. We have to be 100% whole. Because if I'm 50, people, oh, we're going to get 50-50. It's got to be 50-50 to make 100. No, 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 baby. You got to be 100% whole. Because if you're not whole, you're not going to be able to give yourself to this person. Oof. My God. Right? Tell me if I'm wrong. You on point. You on point. You are on point. And I don't know how we got on this subject, but okay, God. Look, God just took over. He's like, yeah, <laughs> look, I know you had your questions outlined, but let me just take over. Let me take over this podcast tonight. And I love it. I love how... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh... I don't know what else you had to see. Look, oh. sis, <laughs> sis, we ain't even concerned about that no more. Look, we all fat. We all fat. We gonna move while the Holy Spirit is high in here. And I want you for the final question. I want you to leave some encouragement for a young lady that may be dealing with some of the same things as you dealt with. I want you to encourage them right now. As I think of a younger woman that may have experienced some of the things I have experienced, I would want to also speak to my younger self. And because sometimes when our self-esteem has been so beaten and we feel like we're not worthy or our heart has been crushed so much in a thousand pieces that you have scars of not allowing God said, let me put it together. But because you so you want to put it together yourself, you have cuts and scars on your hands mm. when reality Sometimes we just have to go into an isolated place because before a butterfly is manifested, it first is a centipede and it goes into like a incubator state and inside that is being put together. And sometimes life can be hard and it's a challenge. It really is. But if you would just keep God first and let him be your foundation, it's not an easy walk, but it's doable. And I've, my parents always tell us, have told me, the safest place to be is in the will of God. The best place to be is in the will of God. Because there is, a, there is the permissive will, and then there's the will of God. And we always have the battle of the wills. I have lived in the permissive will so long that when I came out, I understood what it was to be in God's divine will. It's not, sometimes it's not popular. Because sometimes people look for popularity. They want to be light. They want to be famous. They want this and that. Sometimes you have to walk alone. And 
people don't understand this about me, but I'm okay with being, I'm, I won't say that I'm an introvert, but I'm at a place that I can be by myself and be okay with it. I had to learn that. I had to learn who Samantha was. I had to learn I cannot allow people. We teach people how to treat us. So if you allow someone to belittle you or you don't say nothing, or no, I'm just going to give them a pass. Or sometimes you got to stand up for yourself and say enough is enough. And allow your light to shine. Everybody has a lane. You just have to find yours. So once you find out who you are, whose you are, and be confident in that person, the, the, the rest is smooth sailing. It won't be easy, but it will be smooth sailing. And you'll be able to get to the other side, even if it's on broken pieces. <clears throat> Woo! My God, today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we thank you once again. You will definitely be back. There's definitely going to be a part two to this because there's just so much more that I know you have yeah. in you. And I have I can't wait. Impact. I yeah, that was just surface. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. And uh, sis, we love you, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Yes, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. No problem.